This is Yogi Doc. On this episode of Yogi Doc, we'll be discussing black market babies. Really? Yeah. That's <laughs> medical mystery right there. <laughs> Welcome, friends. I'm Tiffany, and I'm the creator of this platform, Yogi Doc. I run this show with my real-life co-host, Dr. Shaz. And although we're real healthcare providers, we're not yours, so please consult with your own healthcare provider. All information on this podcast is for educational and informative purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice, standard of care, or any kind of provider-client relationship. And since privacy is at the utmost important to us, all personal experience has been altered to protect each individual. Now, let's get thriving! What's up? What's up? Hey, so how's it going? It's going. It's going. How's work? Uh, busy, um, but good busy. Yeah. Yeah. How's yoga training going? It's going. It's going. <laughs> um, I I definitely done so much research in yoga that it it was very exciting to get into the training and kind of get involved into the classes. It's just. There's also a lot of personal practice too, and like consistency is like something I'm working on for sure. When you say like yoga training, I feel like I mean, it's not like going to a gym and you know going working out for a couple hours or something. It's constantly trying to work on, I guess, posture and flexibility. Yeah, yeah, perfecting each. And then like learning a whole new language too, because. It's all you've got different terminology. Oh yeah, some of it's in, in Hindi, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh It's like so I'm like, wait, well, what? I'm the first language, so you know. <laughs> well, I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it out <laughs> a lot of time. I don't know. So we'll have to see. But hey, before we forget, um, let's let everybody know if you go ahead and leave a comment on our episodes for this first week at all any of our episodes during the first launch week. Um, you'll be entered for a giveaway that we'll draw on August 11th on our Thriving Thursday episode on August 11th. Okay, that sounds fun. You can put together yeah. something for Yeah, and so like each, each comment that they leave, so if they leave, since we have two episodes coming out this week, if they leave a comment on each one, they'll be in, entered twice Got for it. Okay. each time they comment. So. All right, sounds fun. Be cool. Got a little package that we'll send out. So obviously we'll also, you know, once we draw your name and contact you, if you don't mind sharing like your address so we can mail it to you and send you a package, of course, that'll be part of it as well. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So are you ready for this mystery crime moment? Yeah. I'm kind of getting anxiety though, hearing, you know, <laughs> black market babies. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what to say about that, but. Actually, it's quite interesting because like. This story totally came out a while ago, and, like, I knew of it kind of coming out, but didn't know anything about the actual details of the story or what it was supposed to be about. I just heard, like, the terminology and the title. and Because I was, like, super young. So, like, it came out in 97. And so, you know, not, parents aren't talking to me about that kind of detail stuff situation. Right, right. And you're, you were older, but you were just studying. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that old. <laughs> well, a little bit, a little bit. But you were still, you were like Always a studied. good student, you know? Tried. So it was definitely something we hadn't really heard about. And since we are a no-limit, judgment-free space, I will share, like, recently I had gone through a miscarriage that was quite difficult. And I think that this story kind of caught my attention because, like, 
my feelings were in that moment. So when I heard it and kind of had to watch it, I was just really tuned in. So I'm really excited to share it with you. So okay. I know you haven't heard of it. I haven't. Um, so we will go ahead and get started with that. So like I heard of it, they have a show, uh, TLC did like a documentary show. They have it on, I think discovery plus Hulu prime. I don't know, like everywhere, um, called taken at birth, but there's a ton of articles like A&E did a series on it. ABC did. I'm sure like, I think New York times, like a ton of places did. There's also a book, but, um, on our website, of course, for anybody who's listening, all the resources that I personally watch and read to pull some of this information will be listed on our website at telethrive.net slash podcast. That's T-E-L-A-T-H-R-I-V-E dot net slash podcast. Um, so we'll go ahead and talk about it. So in 1888, our fella, Dr. 1888. 1888. That's a history lesson. Well, we're going back a little bit. <clears throat> 1888 is when Dr. Thomas Hicks was first born in Tennessee. Okay. So like he's a, of, a, of a different time, of a different generation than we are, I'd say. But uh, the story breaks in 97 when um, somebody was like pursuing, like finding out her bio parents. So she was adopted and she's looking for a biological parents and, you know, kind of discovered this huge continuing mystery. Like it, it hasn't ended yet. Like we're still discovering more and more. It's still a lot of it remains unknown too. But, um, and she started her search around 89, but the story didn't even break till 97. So, like, how much she effort she must have put going through that. And that's 20th that. century now, 1997. 1997, 19, yeah, yeah okay. that it released. <laughs> and she had a private investigator going from 1998. So, definitely did a lot of legwork to get this started and to uncover this. So, that's crazy. But, um, but the story actually takes place in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Mostly in the 50s and 60s is what we know most of. We don't know as much in the 40s. So it's like it's said that like Dr. Hicks was in Tennessee like during the 40s, and we found out later that there is a connection that kind of like links with the same scenario that's going on in Georgia. Um, so they're, they're researching more on that, but most of the details are coming from the clinic in Georgia that we'll be talking about today. But prior to him getting there, he lost his medical license and he did prison time for selling narcotics in Tennessee. And so Dr. Hicks was already on the narcotic. He was, he was already doing else. a little bit of kind of questionable stuff. So as he lost his medical license there, he went ahead and hopped over to Georgia and was like, hey, I'm going to settle in this pretty little small town, McKaysville. Going to kind of chill here in Georgia, see how it goes. He was a very active member, they say, and the articles that I read in his local First Baptist Church. And so he was well known in the town. He was the go-to doctor at the community clinic. Like one of those small town, like yeah. the doctor like is like the main guy. Yeah. How it kind of used to be, or even is in some few places now, but yeah. And so like, and okay. I'm sure like back then, like they might not have known about his history in Tennessee. Right. So I don't know. And then, even, like, on the show, there was an officer that talked about at one point um, that his aunt um, had asthma for a while. And Dr. Hicks, like, came to their house to come see them, gave her some kind of shot, and she died in, like, 30 minutes. So whether it was, oh like, not the right kind of shot or if 
that's just the kind of practice that he does. Like where he comes to, I don't know. I, I mean, Doctor Thomas Hicks. I mean, sounds a normal guy, but what's his middle name? Jugarthi. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd let someone with the middle name Jugarthi in my house. <laughs> well, you uh, don't normally know the doctor's middle name when well, they're showing I mean, up. Like, <laughs> I'd be like hey, Doctor Th- Thomas J Hicks, what's the J stand for? It's like Jugarthi. <laughs> you not coming in. <laughs> You're judging him on his name. He didn't pick that name. His parents picked it. <laughs> I don't know why they were smoking when they did, but... They, they messed up. They messed up. <laughs> but, like, in general, like, I just, like, made that comment in general because I was like, um, first of all, like, maybe he didn't know. Like, maybe he just gave the wrong shot. Maybe there was, like, something else going on. You don't really know. But, like, also, is that, like, evidence of what kind of practices he does? I feel like that that kind of speaks a little bit. But it doesn't just end there with him. He keeps going, and it keeps going. So in the early 1950s, he's, like, reported um, advertising for illegal abortion services. Um, And he, it was frequently said that he will fix you right up in the phone booths, bus stations, and bridges. Like in different areas, we'll have signs that'll fix you right up. And it is like known that like wealthy, um, wealthy parents would fly in with their troubled daughters to go see Doctor Hicks, who would frequently like just be told like, "Oh, he fixes for them right up." So like that's a very common thing in the town. They just kind of mm-hmm. can think of him as like he fixes you right up, even with troubled situations. And so like. In the idea, like, illegal, yeah, the abortions were illegal back then, so this is definitely, like, some back alley stuff, but, like, abortions didn't even become legal in the U.S. till like, I don't know, 73 or something. So, you know, this is pretty early on where they're definitely a no-no. It was pretty well known that it was a no-no around then. Um, and so he's advertising for it. And he's specifically advertising towards unwed pregnant mothers. Okay? And I don't know if... He, like, took this situation, ended up having, like, a change of heart, but didn't want to stop it in a way. And so he was trying to find another way to get around it. Who knows? Like, um, it said that some of the townspeople do, like, kind of feel like maybe he had a change of heart. So then he decided to start selling these babies. And so he would either... Selling what babies? The ones that he... So he would have these parents, like, mothers, like, wait. Till they're like in their 22 weeks, 24 weeks, 26, like a little further along. Oh, my and he goodness. would induce them and tell them that they had an abortion. Or that's not even the only t- option, too. Like he would also have mothers that would go there to have a baby and he would tell them that they were stillborn and they never oh, saw the baby. Good God. And so you have like you have babies who are being induced like way too early. Okay. And then you also have baby families who are being lied to and their kids are being stolen. So both of these options is what he has for these babies. And he's selling them out the back door of his clinic in a dark alley. He's jacking people's And like, yeah. And people were even saying like that they got the baby and still covered in blood. Like, you know, he is like legit fresh and he's just handing them off. And so like in the segment, like so between like um, 1952 to like 1965 specifically, they already know of more than 200 babies sold. In just the Georgia clinic. But then they found a connection that he was doing the same thing in Tennessee, too. So, like, who knows how big that number goes? And on top of that, who knows how many babies didn't survive? Because if you hand over a baby that's, like, premature, right? 
and without something a, without like a nikki or Naomi nothing and care. Oh, yeah wow. and if something happened and back then too like and if something happens these pa- families can't pull over and go to the hospital how are they going to explain oh that they God, have this infant how are they going to explain they have this infant and then he's handing them a birth certificate and he's putting the adopted parents on the birth certificate so now they have no trace back to their biological parents whatsoever so they don't even know that they were yeah born some wow they just knew that they were born in a Hayes clinic but they had the adopted parents name on there and so like these the they started like looking into this situation and people are starting to notice like oh you're from the hicks clinic too and you're from the hicks clinic too and like they, these aren't our real parents like what's going on you know but then on the other end of it women are going there and they're thinking like either they're having an abortion or that their baby died and they're spending the rest of our lives you know, thinking that they never had the child. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So nobody's looking for anybody because nobody could find the the track of that situation. And in one of the stories, he talks about like the one of the moms had talked about. Um, I remember her seeing that uh, she paid a thousand dollars. So it's like reported in a couple areas that she like, paid thousand dollars to have the procedure or to get a thousand dollars to get the baby. Wow. And it's like I think. Who knows with COVID changes, but like online, it had said like a thousand dollars can range like from thirty to forty-five thousand in today's like money equivalents. Oh, you mean like what yeah, the, what it was back then? Yeah, what it would be back then? Okay, yeah. okay. So like a, they're going up and they're spending thousand dollars, and I'm like, and I'm I'm pretty positive too when I watch this documentary. Like there was one of the people that went on there. Like he was an op- the dad the adopted dad was an officer, so he knows like it's illegal to what he's doing. But they also, some parents had said that, you know, they went that route because the adoption requirements were so, like, extreme as far as, like, credit score and having to own a house and all these. So they weren't able to qualify for adoption. And so, like, they seeked out other methods. And there are people who, like, came from all over to this clinic to buy a baby. Like, there's huge, huge influx of, like, of these babies coming up in um, Ohio as well. Like, I saw Ohio a ton. But they're coming from everywhere to buy these babies in this back alley. This back alley. Like, and can you imagine, like, growing up? Um, I don't know. I have, I have one, of the, one of the stories that I'm going to tell you about in a second that kind of, like, broke my heart a little bit watching it. And it's kind of why I wanted to share this story in, in the first place. But we'll get there. <laughs> um, but most of these um, babies, the ones that he was taking to sell were all from unwed women. Okay. So I don't know if it was like his beliefs or his values of like a child shouldn't be with an unwed mother and needs to have a family who's wed. I don't know what his thinking was. Like nobody knows what his thinking was in that perspective. But like, I'm trying to like give some kind of like, even if I don't understand the rationale and I don't believe with it, I'm trying to like understand like what, what's the thought process that goes under that? No, I don't think there was a thought process. You know? Really. And then uh, one of the mothers that uh, thought she had an abortion, she went there for an abortion. Um, she stayed there two nights, I think it was, and told her, told us that uh, Dr. Hicks gave her $20 and told her to go buy a pretty dress when she left. So he's making $1,000. And he just, like, hands out 20 bucks to his mom, and he's like, hey, go buy yourself a pretty dress. Go, you know? Two days after she just had this abortion. So I don't know. But uh, on the documentary specifically, like, I really kind of broke um, for this, like, sweet old man. 
looks uh, he looks like just a sweet old man and he tells his story about like growing up and how it was so difficult and how he like didn't fit in and like the family that essentially purchased him didn't want him it seems like because they treated him so poorly is what it sounds like like they he was very emotional when he broke down talking about how, what it was like growing up um and how like their other kids were treated differently um so he like wonders if he could have grown up differently well then you know as they go to like research more into it we find out that a total other family right this niece um goes to look up and she's like, you know, my aunt was supposed to have, um, I'm pretty sure I'm saying this right. Like my aunt was supposed to have these twins and one was a stillborn and one came home. Right. And then they had a sister a little later. And, uh, when the story broke out, the niece was like, I wonder if like in any way that this could kind of be possible. Cause I think she knew that her aunt went to the Hicks. I don't know how she kind of connected that. And can't comes to find out that the sweet old man that I loved in this story so much, like, He's the twin. Oh, man. He's the twin. So, like, she finds him. Like, so, the mother had already passed, and I'm not sure if he got to meet the twin or not. I, I can't recall at this moment. But that was, like, super exciting because it was, like, yay. Like, now he knows he has, like, a niece and, like, a family and, like, a, a sister. And he knows who his mom is, like, even if he didn't get a chance to meet her. But then on the other end, it's, like, he knows what a different life he could have had, right? If his mom only knew that he was alive. She didn't know. She thought he was gone, you know, and he spent his childhood growing up in a family who essentially felt like he didn't want him. I find that weird that his parents paid him much money for a baby and then treat him like crap. I know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand that. I don't get it. I don't understand the whole story in the the first place, but. Uh, Yeah, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Like a ton of it doesn't make sense. But they're like running DNA tests all over the place, like trying to connect and it's like one of the things that they even talked about in the show too was is like, um, are these babies that they're like getting rid of from these N one women like Doctor Hicks's kids? Like, is he having affairs and like is he related? Like, so that's like a thought, like a thing that came up, you know. Yeah. Um, and the reason why, like, I started to think of that was because, so in the show, um, they have his granddaughter. So it's like his granddaughter and has like the rights to his estate and whatnot, but she actually was adopted in and he had gotten her who knows how, but like, you know, adopted her out to what it was his son and the, his daughter-in-law. Right. But his daughter-in-law couldn't get pregnant. So that's why they got an ad- adopted. And the granddaughter like makes a comment on the show about like, um, I knew growing up something was weird because why would a, my dad have so many condoms when he's married to a woman who can't get pregnant kind of thing. So then I'm like, oh, like, you know, maybe he's sleeping around too. Like maybe he's covering up him and his sons. Like, I don't know. Like just something to think about. And then like, I'm processing that in my head as I'm watching it. And then later on they had talked about like running a DNA um, test on one of the Hicks babies and confirming that her father was the mayor of the town at the time. So then it's like, okay, so, like, the cops know what you're doing because they're buying some of the babies. You're covering up the mayor's, like... It it goes up the ladder. Yeah. It's it's a power thing. Yeah. It's like, how many people are in cahoots with this? Like, you know? And it just just keeps going, and it doesn't end. The power of the cover-up, you know? Exactly. history over and over again, right? So Exactly. And so... 
Um, you know, Hicks babies are still being confirmed. Like there was just one within this last year confirmed in Florida. One of the deacons in Florida um, came up confirmed as a Hicks baby. So I don't know, you know, how that story followed through, but it's just, it's still going. And at this point, like I know that um, a lot of them, I'm sure, wants to reach out as much as possible because, you know, if they get connection with their bio families, you could be running out of time. You know, this, these, they were born 40s, 50s, and 60s. So, like, when were their parents? You right, know? Right. And so, like, they want to reunite while they can still <clears throat> possibly have a chance. But then again, okay, so then it doesn't end there. Oh, God. <laughs> it does not end there. <laughs> so, there are rumors going around that Dr. Hicks did keep some kind of records like his own personal records of this, but he kept like the rumors are that he kept it in the mausoleum. Like, okay. So you know what a mausoleum is, right? Like I had to figure that out. <laughs> like in the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait, wait, is that the same thing as what I'm thinking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I looked it up. I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. And his granddaughter confirmed that Dr. Hicks and his wife were buried next to it, not in it. So like, it makes so, me so wonder. So like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank so God. he is dead. Okay. Um, he actually passed away in 1972. And this is the thing is, it's like he surrendered his medical license in 1964 after being charged with Ill- illegal abortions. And he passed in 1972 at the age of 83 with leukemia. So he was never actually held responsible for the black market babies situation. He was he only surrendered his license because of the illegal abortions. Oh, wow. He wasn't actually like charged with anything. No, and he wasn't ar- alive when they came out with the fact that he was mm-hmm. selling these babies. So right. he like actually hasn't been held responsible in in any kind of way for that. But um, I I mean I'm sure it's a a burden you know on his family that like descends from now because this is such a big story everybody knows now, right? So I'm like. Name. Yeah, I'm sure it's not easy on them. And it's, like, not their fault. They're not the ones that did it, you know? But, but yeah, so they're, like, saying, okay, maybe these records are in the mausoleum, right? And so um, on the show, they talk about it, and they ask the granddaughter about it. And she said that, you know, she's heard of that as well, and she was kind of interested. And so they go, and they get, like, a warrant. Because um, first she said that they, they don't know where the key is, so they have to, like, break into it, okay? Because she's like, um, I have access to it. I'm allowed legally to go in it, but nobody really knows where the key is. So their only option is to, like, break into it, I guess. And so they, in the show, they go to break into it. And this is the one thing that I found, like, super weird when they break into it. So in, like, the news back in the day when this story, like, first broke, they had shown, like, and one of the Hicks babies talks about it as well, that she remembers seeing it, that the warrant was placed on the window outside of the mausoleum, because, like, they have to place a warrant on the property. Apparently that's their rules or legal stuff, right? So they they tape it on the outside of the glass. Well, when they break into it, right, apparently they claim it hasn't been opened nobody knows where the key is right they break into it and the warrant is inside well someone moved it yeah and considering the fact that like you have officers and the mayor behind this situation like i'm questioning like i would want to ask them what they know about it but like i mean obviously it could be anything i'm not saying it's them specifically but it just stands out awkward like 
how did that get inside? Right. And so were there records inside that are now missing? Because it got inside, so obviously somebody got inside. Yeah. And where is that key, really? You know what I'm saying? Somebody has the key. The key key to town. (laughs) So the key is somewhere. And yet, there's still more. (laughs) So the granddaughter that was adopted, right, by Dr. Hicks's son, um, thinks in the show that he might actually be her real bio dad. Like maybe it was an affair, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe she is the real bio he is the real bio dad. And she shows these pictures of her and her dad on the show. Like legit. Anybody who goes to watch this show, it looks so identical. Like it's really believable that he could totally be her dad. Like I was blown away. I was like, yeah, for sure. Right. No doubt about it for sure. But now that we don't have these records, like what can we really tie to anything? And so she even says, it was just like, I guess the only option is to like test my dad's DNA. Right. And so they go around the town to like all the courthouses, all the things to try to find out how, how do you go about exhuming a body? Like, how do you go about pulling DNA out of that, you know, and getting a request? Like you can't just dig up bones. And they talked about how there's like three levels of preservation. Um, they're like that he had gone through and whatnot. So like, they didn't know if the body was going to be compromised and they were gonna have to like climb in the grave site to get a sample you didn't know what they were going to have to do with that situation because it was, like, pretty aggressive to have to get it. Yeah. Um, it's not an everyday thing, you know? So they go ahead and they, they pulled it up and all of that situation, and they act, they found out that, no, he is not actually her bio dad like she had expected. Um, but it did bring a DNA link to somebody else who thought that they were connected to the Dr. Hex family. So um, the whole process did kind of give somebody some answers as well. But I mean, what a story just all around. Like I couldn't even imagine like you, you go for, you have two scenarios. Like you go for an abortion and you think it's done, right? Whether you believe in it or not, like this is what these people were doing and it was illegal and they know it and they were still doing it. And so like you go to have an abortion and then like, 50 years later, somebody's knocking at your door and saying, no, I was never aborted. Um, I was far along enough. He just induced early and sold me. And then you have like other families who have been mourning their dead child for their whole lives. Right. right? And then they're like, Hey, suddenly you have a connection. Like, well, it's just crazy because you know, people do come to doctors and, and they trust us blindly with their lives. And, you know, that's a responsibility that, I, you know, I take very seriously and feel like everyone should. And it's just disgusting that someone, I mean, you know, would go to this extent for what reason? Like, I mean, yeah. is it just money? Is it just greed? Or or, yeah. or was there a higher thing of cover-up that like, he, yeah. was, he was being forced to do it? Or Yeah, I don't know I mean, if he was covering. There's, there's a lot like, of things that, but still, like, you know. That's um, where my questions are. It's like, okay, so, like, he could have been covering stuff up for, like, you know, their behaviors and their, and their situation, or it could be a belief thing where he's like, Oh, these babies can't be with an unwed mother. So I'm going to, you know, get rid of them. And then maybe at some point he started to feel bad about that and was like, well, what if I give them to other families? I don't know like what he was thinking, but either way, it's still not ethical. And there's protocols for things like. Well, protocols weren't really a thing back then, but there, there was, you know, just having, you know, your, your integrity and, 
Yeah. And your word, at least, uh, you know, the Hippocratic Oath that we've been taking for, you know, centuries. Know. And it's just um, like many aspects of this clinic definitely still remain a mystery for sure. Like, is it crooked? How much covering up is going on? And like many people in Miss Kaysville, like, have said that Dr. Hicks was doing a public service by putting so many babies in the arms of family parents who wanted children. And like whether you believe so hijacking a baby was doing you know, a public service is what the people are saying. I yeah, I don't know. It's like wow. who gets to decide who would be the better parent? Because look at the the sweet old man. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't end up with a better family. Like maybe being with an unwed mother would have been a better situation for him. It's not for him to decide that, but. I mean, I guess I get getting involved when there's a problem, but when there's not a problem that exists, like you can't assume that there's a problem. Right. You know, um, but the, a lot of these families, I mean, they've been through a lot for sure. And um, definitely like anybody who's listening who thinks that this might relate to them in any sort of way, please like research the Hicks Babies Foundation and all that kind of stuff to, to see what more you can um, relate to with it for sure we but find out yeah yeah i know that they do have a facebook group it's like facebook.com slash hicks babies but i know that um the original person who started the search and like the private investigator and kind of got everything rolling she's like running the show and it's like this big foundation of trying to help connect all the hicks babies as much as possible she's doing an amazing job that's for sure um but i don't know i'm just so blown away like how would you feel about that? How would you feel if you just years later have somebody knocking on your door? You know, you thought. I mean, I, I mean, there's a mix, it's a bunch of mixed feelings. I mean, from sadness to frustration to anger to, I mean, it would be a different feeling every second. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, I think at this point now it's, you know, I, you know, hearing this for the first time, obviously I didn't know. You know, just to let you guys know this. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the topic is going to be. She starts, <laughs> she starts talking, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm here for the ride as you guys are. But, um, I feel like it's like a, we should, it's like a duty to everybody to try to find out whatever they can. You know, bring this out into the light more. Um, yeah. If there's people that can be helped. Um, because, you know, Yasmin, it could be like 40, 50 years from now, you know, or 40, 50 years have passed. But, you know, I, you know at least you find out the truth one, you know, at one point in your life. Um, better late than never. But um, it's, it's an injustice that even happened in the first place. Um, God, this is awful. It is. It is. Not really a, a great note to end on it. But, like, I feel like the story covers both, like, mystery because there's still so much unknown but then also there's a crime behind this. Like this is a medical crime all around. Absolutely. And, and, you know, going back to what you said earlier, you know, how many babies you think didn't make it. I mean, at this time, this guy is not a neonatal doctor. I mean, does he know how to care for, you know, a 22, 24, 26 week premature child whose lungs haven't developed properly, whose kidneys haven't developed properly yeah, without, without, without medical up. intervention, without, you know, various equipment, ventilators, stuff like that. There's no way that child makes it. I mean, they don't even have, you know, hormonal development. I mean, their body can't sustain. So how many yeah. kids died, you know, 
That's what I'm saying. Weeks, days, weeks, maybe even in route. From the numbers like, that we have are the 200 from the, plus From the nothing. clinic, yeah. I, I bet you it's way more. Because that success rate can't be very high. So I would say like less than 30%. Yeah. So that means if there's 200 that made it, there's six, 700 that didn't. Yeah. Um, and that's just more. of that's what's just, recorded yeah, of what, what we, we know, know of. And that's only from that uh, Georgia clinic. Like who's to say? Man. Because they did... Um, in the show, towards the end, they talked about finding um, one of the Hicks babies that their birth certificate came up in Tennessee. So he was doing the same thing there, too. And who knows what other states, He just you didn't know. get caught for I that. Mean, there's, there's neighboring states, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Kentucky, West Virginia, places that you can maybe get away with that kind of stuff more. Um, I don't know. Yeah. You know, smaller towns, obviously more of a target. It's it's definitely difficult on so many different sides. Like uh, on his side, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on, and I know it's it's you can't ask him. He's passed away. All his nurses that we used to work with him have all passed as well. Oh man! So there's like really nowhere you can go to kind of like ask what could possibly have happened to these records. Or, there's not. And I didn't see anything. Actually, I honestly didn't look any further, but I didn't see it on any of the the notes and I the articles I read that after they moved that. Yeah, and they opened it when that when that warrant thing. But like the mayor, I, I don't know if he's if he's alive or not. I I didn't get to see that. But they've destroyed those records for sure. There's no, there's no way they don't want to be the infamous like medical history thing that happened. Yeah, in history books like twenty years down the road. So absolutely, man. Yeah, there it is. But it's wild. So definitely, if you feel like that this story might relate to you please check out the hicks babies foundation i know that they're on facebook for sure and if you'd like more of these medical mysteries and crimes reach out to us and we can yeah we oh we'd love to hear about you know how you felt about this you know you know whether you believe in abortion or not um that's a separate topic but you know just how this affects these families and and how these affects you know just people i kind of want to hear what your guys's you know reactions are and what your you know what your uh, comments are so please leave some comments for us and yeah just other medical you know, issues or mysteries you want to ever talk about yeah you know, reach please out reach to out us. to us absolutely so you can definitely reach out to us we have a contact us on the website at the telehealth.net slash podcast t-e-l-a-t-h-r-i-v-e dot net slash podcast every time don't you I'm just making sure. Right. <laughs> but so we do have a contact us on there that you can check out. And then also all like the show notes and resources will be available on there as well as our social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all the jazz at yogidoc.tt. So we'll have all the information out there. Make sure to hit subscribe so you can tune in for Thriving Thursday. Yogidoc.tt. What's the TT stand for? Telethrive. Oh, yeah. And also, my nieces and nephew call me TT. <laughs> so I was trying to find like a name for the company. So I own we, I own Telethrive, and coming up with a name, I was like trying to find something that resonate personal, but then also didn't seem personal, and kind of like the idea that it had the initials that my nieces and nephew call me. It was cute little tie-in, but there we go. Our first medical mystery Monday. Underway. All right. Well, friends, thanks for joining us. And if you like what you heard, remember to hit like and subscribe for Thriving Thursdays and Medical Mystery Mondays here at YogiDoc. Also, connect with us on social media at yogidoc.tt.
If you'd like to be a guest on our show and check out any of the podcast notes, links, or calendars, check us out at telethrive.net slash podcasts. That's T-E-L-A-T-H-R-I-V-E dot net slash podcasts. Don't forget to check with your own healthcare provider with any information that you heard on the show. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections and errors. Until next time, keep thriving.